This is part four of my discussion about human movement. And here I've been talking about some of the weird misconceptions that we have around movement and exercise and fitness and what is or is not functional training, functional movements, functional exercises, things like that. So if you missed the previous three episodes, you can go back and check those out. There I spoke a little bit about my time at the FRC seminar, that is Functional Range Conditioning. That's the movement system created by Dr. Andreo Spina. So I just did that over the weekend, and I decided that I was going to dedicate this entire week to creating podcasts, just kind of speaking about what I learned and putting together some of my previous ideas with what I learned and also talking about some of the misconceptions and some of the confusion that is very prevalent in the fitness industry especially, and then even just sort of for regular humans, because obviously, you know, your sort of average human is a little bit less informed when it comes to fitness and movement than your fitness professionals, of course. But nonetheless, we see a lot of weird, puzzling mistakes that your actual trainers and coaches might be making. So I finished the last episode, the third episode of this, talking about neural drive. And I was speaking about neural drive in regards to finding ways to provide additional resistance besides just adding weight to exercises. So you can think about neural drive essentially as your capacity to generate more tension within the muscles of your body. So in the context that I spoke of at the end of the last episode, I was talking about creating internal resistance. And that is to say, using your muscles, you know, using your neural drive to create more tension within your muscles to actually resist your own movement. And this is, this is really, I think, a little bit puzzling for some people who've never done any sort of practice that involved full body tension or irradiating tension. So the concept of irradiated tension basically says that when one muscle contracts, which is, you know, creating tension, when one muscle contracts, it's going to create greater tension in the muscles that are surrounding it. In addition to that, sort of the second part of the the irradiated tension concept is that if you want to create maximum tension in one muscle, then you need to create tension in the muscles that surround it as well. And so when you really start to think about that, what that will tell you if you sort of extrapolate is that if you want to actually create the maximum tension in any given muscle or you know any given joint or position, what it's going to require is full body tension to the highest degree. And so this is actually like pretty obvious when you when you look at certain, you know, sports or exercises or competitions. So we'll take a, a, a pretty obvious example of someone doing a one rep max deadlift. Uh, for those who are unfamiliar with that term, a one rep max is the heaviest weight that you can lift one time, right? So someone doing a one rep max deadlift, 
is absolutely irradiating tension in their entire body. Their whole body is tensed up. Even though if you ask someone, you know, what muscles are working in a deadlift, you know, they might tell you your back muscles are working, your hamstrings, your glutes, your forearms, because you have to hold the bar. They'll tell you things like that. But if you watch someone doing a one rep max deadlift, at least, you know, someone who knows what they're doing, you will see their entire body tense up. I mean, you'll see like their neck, their shoulders, their biceps and their triceps, certainly their, their hands and their forearms, their quads even are working, even though it's mainly a hamstring exercise, every single muscle in their body is tensed up. And again, this is necessary because of that concept of irradiated tension. If you want to create the most possible tension in the muscles, if you want to generate the highest amount of neural drive, then what you need is to irradiate the tension as much as possible. And when it becomes a truly maximal effort, that irradiated tension has to spread to the entire body. So that's just one example of irradiated tension. And that concept can be applied elsewhere. And of course, to irradiate tension in general, it doesn't necessarily have to be your entire body and it doesn't necessarily have to be an all-out maximum effort but the concept still holds if you want to create more tension in a certain muscle you will be able to do so you'll be able to provide more neural drive by creating tension in the muscles that surround it so this was a concept that was or that is prevalent in basically the entire FRC system. Again, FRC is functional range conditioning, and that is you know the seminar that I took over the weekend. And so just about every single exercise that he teaches in his system requires irradiation in some form or another. And so what this irradiation is doing, again, it's not just allowing you you know, to contract your muscles harder so that you can lift more weight because his system is not really concerned with weightlifting. What his system is concerned with is teaching your body to actually move all of the joints independently. So that's like the first thing. <laughs> and actually, I'll, I'll digress for a little bit. So one of the funny things that he says a lot um, in different ways and during his seminars and if you watch any of his YouTube videos you'll hear it he talks about how if you actually if you don't actually have the ability to move your joints independently then you literally don't have that joint so he'll say something like for for someone who's like lacking um, certain range of motion in their shoulder he'll say like you don't have a shoulder like you literally don't have a shoulder that joint doesn't actually exist. And so an example of this is like your your shoulder is supposed to have 180 degrees range of motion and flexion. So flexion from your shoulder would be raising your hand straight out in front of you and continuing to raise it until it comes all the way up over your head. All right, so that's 180 degrees going from straight down by your side to straight up overhead. So if you don't actually have this motion, this range of motion in your shoulders, then what you will do, what your body will naturally do is just compensate by using other joints to help accomplish that same task. 
right? So your body is thinking of it like I just have to get my hand over my head, you know, to this certain sort of arbitrary position. And so what it'll do, say you don't have all that range of motion in the shoulders, then maybe you'll start to just kind of like tilt your body sideways or arch backwards a little bit, right? So in, in that range of motion, trying to get to 180 degrees, like your, your shoulder doesn't actually exist in that position. It can't actually get there. So if you don't have a shoulder, what you have instead to accomplish that task of just getting your hand over, over your head, you got some weird fucking complex of shoulder, scapula, spine, ribs, whatever, elbow maybe incorporated in there. So you just, you actually don't have a shoulder because it doesn't move independently the way that it's supposed to through the entire range of motion that it actually has. So that's something that comes up like all throughout the FRC system. And so that's his, his number one goal basically is like teach yourself, teach your brain and your body to actually recognize that you have a shoulder and you have elbows and you have knees and hips and you have all of these independent joints. Because what has happened is we've, you know, as humans in modern society, we've just had so many of these different patterns which are, for the most part, unnatural. We've just had them ingrained in us and they've just been repeated so many times and especially repeated mindlessly so many times without us like consciously thinking about it that these patterns are more more prevalent than our actual independent joints, you know, creating the movements together. So we we just get these weird patterns where we have these compensations and the body is automatically like coupling these movements together and it doesn't actually have the ability to move them independently anymore. So that's the first thing with FRC is you're trying to create independence of all your joints. Then once you've done that, or as you do that, you try to increase the range of motion of all of your joints. So both of these, both of these concepts, um, he has, he has names for like the, the different types of exercises that he uses to help facilitate these changes. So the first one trying to, you know, learn to use your joints independently again, he calls them CARS. It's an acronym, C-A-R, which is Controlled Articular Rotations. So each joint is an articulation. So you are taking the joints, you're taking the articulations through a controlled rotation. So basically with each joint, it's just going through the biggest sort of circular motion as possible the biggest range motion. The other thing, and this is where it gets a little bit more complex and a little bit deeper, um, but the other side of trying to improve range of motion in the sense that you improve the range of motion and you can actually control all of those new positions. And uh, if, if you don't understand that, the first episode I did here with flexibility versus mobility will help to uh, define some of those terms. Um, but trying to improve your range of motion and actually have control over the new ranges. He uses a variety of, of different terms there. And just to name a few of them, there are progressive angular isometric loading exercises. He calls them PALS, the acronym P-A-I-L. 
And then there's regressive angular isometric loading. He calls them RAILS. Again, the acronym R-A-I-L. So these are isometric exercises, which means that you're not actually moving the joints. You just have the muscles contracting but staying in one position. And so he uses these exercises to help open up new range of motion, but as opposed to passive stretching, which would lead to improvements in flexibility, since you are in these new ranges of motion or these extended ranges of motion, and we're actually contracting the muscles actively, you can learn to strengthen and control these ranges of motion at the same time. So why did I go off on this long tangent about cars and pails and rails and all these different fucking acronyms that most people probably don't know anything about? I was talking about neural drive in the beginning and creating that that irradiated tension. And if you're wondering what I'm saying, because the first time I heard this, um, I didn't. I didn't really know what he was saying. Irradiated is, you know, from the from the word radiate. So it is spelled I R R A D I A T E D. Irradiated tension. If you want to look it up, you can find some more probably concise information about it. So all of the different FRC exercises that that Dr. Spina uses really are just teaching you how to produce greater neural drive. Right, because every single exercise that he teaches, whether it's one of the controlled articular rotations or the pails or rails or any of the more advanced stuff, all of it uses that irradiating tension technique, right? Where you have to you have to contract every muscle in your body. And then what that allows you to do is, you know, make sure that everything is actually still, everything stays in one position, and then the one joint that you're focusing on is actually the one joint that's moving. You're not just compensating by moving some other part of the body. So doing this, one, it, it teaches you great control. Again, the, the whole point, like the first, the first major goal is that you learn to move all of your joints independently. But then after that, it's, it's creating or it's teaching you how to create that internal resistance that I spoke of in the beginning. And that internal resistance is really important, not just for irradiating tension, you know, not just for learning how to contract every muscle in your body. But what this actually does is it helps you overcome neurological blocks. So when we're talking about improving ranges of motion, right, getting into these these extended ranges of motion, you have certain neurological blocks that actually prevent you from moving into ranges of motion, even though the actual soft tissue structures in your body can access them, right? So the the brain has these different sort of safety mechanisms built in that will stop the joints from getting into a position where they could potentially be harmed, even though your actual physiological structures of your joints, your tendons, your ligaments, your muscles allow you to achieve those ranges of motion. So when you can provide that internal resistance, again, the, the neural drive, and you can irradiate that tension, it helps to overcome some of these neurological blocks with one of the main reasons being that if you can contract your muscles and have them produce a lot of force, then that essentially tells your brain that, that this is actually a safe position for you to be in. 
So with all of these different exercises that are used in the functional range conditioning system, you irradiate tension and then you try to move into and through extended ranges of motion. That's kind of just like the, the general idea. And then he uses some more complex and nuanced techniques to, you know, again, get past some neurological blocks and actually open up new ranges of motion temporarily. And then with that little window of time where you have, you know, the, the, the neurological activity sort of downregulated, which is letting you get into the new ranges of motion, then you can apply these other training techniques, which are really just fairly simple strength training techniques, just applied to specific joints at end ranges of motion. Like that's really all it is. It's 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 pretty simple once you know, once you've taken a seminar and you understand what he's doing, but it's so unbelievably powerful because it gives you a framework to basically teach your body to do anything. Because when you can teach the body, when you can teach your brain to move all of its joints independently, and then you can teach it to open up incredible new ranges of motion with great control and great strength in all of those extended ranges of motion and all of the joints move independently and they move the way that they're supposed to, the way that evolution has designed them to, then you can learn anything, right? Then you're just like this blank slate where you could have any sort of coach or trainer just walk in and give you, you know, just a a very quick rundown of like what a certain technique is, how a certain movement a certain exercise, a certain skill should be done, and your body will just instantly do it because it doesn't have any limitations. So the problem that a lot of people run into is they're trying to do exercises that require movements where their joints need to be in certain positions, right? They need to access certain end ranges of motion that they literally just don't have. Either the joints cannot physically get into those positions or their brain is, you know, for some reason or another, is preventing those joints from getting into those positions because it sees them as unsafe because they don't have the strength to be in those positions or they don't have the control. So what ends up happening is you have these different coaches and trainers who think that, you know, there is a perfect form for all these different exercises and they try to make sure every single client or every single player or whatever actually does these with perfect form this you know this exact technique but some of them literally just don't have that range of motion their body just doesn't have access to it so what ends up happening is they try to force them into a certain technique and then the body is so brilliant like literally i'm not being facetious the body is so brilliant that it figures out ways to accomplish these tasks and that's what we call compensation like everybody like demonizes compensation like it's such a bad thing what it is is your body is fucking brilliant it just automatically makes these changes and just you know incorporates different structures to accomplish the same movement or accomplish the same task even though what you're asking it to do it it can't actually do it so it just finds a different way which is safer for it in the short term and then of course if you know if you kind of know anything about compensations in the long term those compensations will lead to 
you know, some sort of diminished performance or, or diminished health of your actual tissues. So this is really why it's so important to train the joints, you know, to, to take this sort of approach that, that, that the functional range conditioning system has. So you can train all the joints. They can all have their appropriate range of motion. You know, not everyone needs to be a contortionist. In fact, no one really needs to be a contortionist, but you need to have access to your regular range of motion that your biology says that you should have. And then once you've, you know, once you've accomplished that, once you've restored just regular range of motion, then you can go do whatever the hell you want. And everything's going to be way easier for you. You'll learn skills faster. You'll get stronger much more rapidly. You'll have way less pain and injury. And literally all of your exercises will become more enjoyable, more effective, and more efficient. And who doesn't want that? Right? People struggle so much through, through exercises. But it doesn't need to be that way. You just need to change your mindset. So that's my little talk about neural drive. I, I took this a little bit longer than I had intended. But I tend to get carried away and uh, go on some tangents that lead to other tangents and perhaps a third tangent. So... Bear with me. I'm still trying to work out this whole thing, um, figuring out my voice and everything on the podcast. So this is, again, this is the fourth episode that I've recorded after taking that FRC seminar. Um, if anybody's interested in checking out some of the stuff I'm talking about and actually hearing the man himself speak about it, because he, articula- he articulates it uh, much more clearly and concisely than I do. Again, it's called Functional Range Conditioning. And the guy's name is Dr. Andreo Spina, A-N-D-R-E-O space S-P-I-N-A, Dr. Andreo Spina. So I think tomorrow, tomorrow's Friday, I'm just going to do a a fifth episode about this. And that'll sort of just be like a a review of, of the FRC system and how it can be applied to just about anyone. I'll probably talk a little bit about how I'm going to apply it to my own personal training, you know, training my own body. And, uh, yeah, so I'll just, I'll just give people a rundown of, you know, kind of everything I thought about the seminar. And if I can lay out, uh, sort of like a general framework of the major principles and the major types of exercises that he uses. So that's the plan. We'll see how it comes out tomorrow. Thanks for listening.